I worked the stone in a dull haze, my ears still ringing as I shaped the frieze depicting my grand appointment to divine artisan, following the treachery and swift execution of my predecessor. The tools were still warm from his hands. I remember it rained hard that night, flooding the stone gutters and hissing steam off the bronze pipes that lined the halls of the Labyrinth God. His vast face watched us all. Without thinking, I carved it into my figure and tableau. And then, a flash of lightning, and by chance, I looked up to see her bracing on the top walls. Hide flecked with ichor, dark silhouette at once wolf and deer, and that long, vicious horn piercing the fog, as sharp as the chisel in my hand. As she ran, the god's face followed her, and the weight of his gaze lifted off my shoulders for just a moment, long enough to bolt, long enough to find my brothers, long enough to drive the chisel, still warm from his hands, into the labyrinth god's neck. From his dying body, I see the dawn filtering through the storm, and in the bleak morning light, I catch a glimpse of her, just once, disappearing into the trees. You see, I had been given more than just hope. With the rain washing blood from my hands, I had proof. Welcome to Purgatorio Phage. Today we are playing a new version of the, of the game, the festival version of the game. Uh, if you see this game at a con, this is the version we're running. I'm Sasha, I'm your game designer and GM. I'm Mike, I'm, um, right now I'm just a guy. I'm just a person, I don't really do anything except, uh, talk a lot. <laughs> is that, uh, are those okay credentials? Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, okay. Do you have a place on the internet you want to plug? Yeah, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at me and ampersand, uh, all spelled out. If you want to just see me retweeting a whole bunch of things uh, that make me angry and also just shit posting. That's good internet content. Um, yeah, that's Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Sasha underscore Renault. I'm, I'm also just mostly a, a retweeting and shitposting account, but you can follow the game's production diary at TCabbage. So. Yep, uh, there's some pretty good content there, some actual, like, <laughs> some of it's, like, game development things, and then also, like, game development sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good look on Sasha's experience, so. It does alternate between uh, actual work and then also crying, which is <laughs> fine. So, do you want to GM or should I GM? Oh god, yeah, you should GM. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not, yeah. So the Solitaire game is like the only experience I really had, and I wanted to go back to it, but I really bummed myself out with that game. It's like a, I got really dark and didn't quite know how to like pull it upright again. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, we'll just table that for now. Yeah, that that definitely happens. Um, <laughs> so this is the trailer for Purgatorio Vage. It's a tarot-inspired storytelling game where you use the cards as anchors to weave together a story with your friends. The objective of the game is to tell a satisfying story. Your character might win wealth and respect and come away from the adventure a better person. They might crash and burn and end the story as a warning to others. Both of these are victories if they fit the arc of the story you've told and bring satisfaction to you as a storyteller. A couple of quick housekeeping things. The X card, courtesy of John Stavropoulos. The X card is a social safety measure. If something makes you uncomfortable in any way, tap the X card and we'll edit it out of our story. No explanation needed. Uh, for example, if I'm arachnophobic and someone says the dungeon is full of spiders, I can tap the X card and the person speaking will change it to something else, like a dungeon full of rats. The discard pile is underneath the X card. If you don't feel comfortable playing a card or character you've drawn, discard it here and draw again, no questions asked. 
But if you're just unsure of what to make of a card, read it to the group and ask for suggestions. Other people can make proposals, but only the person playing the card can define it. We've already sort of figured out who we want to GM, maybe? Yeah, we have. Okay, so... It was tough. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll just do that then. So I will set the world. I uh, I saw on Twitter that you had, um, you're designing like sci-fi stuff for it now? Yeah, I've got a whole science fiction deck. That's neat. Exciting. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to get some testing on that, baby. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I'm here for that. The rules that we have now to generate the world is together we'll interpret the board as a place with the center as the dominant force in the area. We'll build a vibrant world with clear hooks. Places to go, people to talk to, mysteries to solve. Decide together the genre and tone of your story and what you do and don't want in it. A card can be a person or an event. It can be an attitude or a physical object. Pull as much or as little from the card as you need. All the cards in the spread lead context to each other. Start with the card that interests you most and extrapolate from there. So, the center upright is our dominant driving force, and that's the apostle, the discontent, the faithful gadfly, persistent and critical. Uh, Our context is saboteur, that's great, the spy, the mole, mastermind of conspiracy and subterfuge, or gleeful arsonist, fulcrum of chaos, muse of mayhem. We can pick either or both of those options. Our boon, what helps us, or what helps the place anyway, is Knight, Tilter of Windmills, Teethed on Tradition, Malice, Bred by Boredom. And if we flip that, which we can, it would be a well-armed soldier, a banner-bearer, a champion. It's Bane, uh, what works toward the center's downfall, is Godless, a curious outsider, a wonderkind, or a loss of faith, a scientific impossibility. Okay. The Desire, what this place wants most, is Rat King, abandoning a sinking ship, amputating a necrotic limb. Or a fruit left on the vine, uh, a deadline missed. Its method, how it intends to get its desire, is bandit, a highwayman, robber baron, wealth taken by fear and force, or a gold-hearted thief, lover of justice, father of law. I mean, it looks like there's a power in place here, mm-hmm. right? It looks like there's a, some sort of power structure in place, and it seems like there is a lot of uh, desire to, <laughs> literally, desire to uh, get away from that. Yeah, it's really interesting. The Rat King and the Knight feel like they're kind of connected. And I think in kind of a weird way, I feel like amputating a necrotic limb, trying to cut loose the chaff or the things that are dragging down this group of people. Yeah, I'm just so thrown by um, that it's Apostle and then Godless. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, there's just there's some weird symmetry that happened there. Um mm-hmm. I like the curious outsider being, like, questioning things that usually just go unquestioned. It does have a, a Garden of Eden vibe to it mm-hmm. that, gosh, this is, that's just fascinating. That, I gotta really look at that center, though, because Apostle, we are already discontent and critical, though. Mm-hmm. And Saboteur, I mean, what if it's, like, the inverted Garden of Eden? I don't know, like... Yeah, th- it... this seems like a bunch of god killers, to be honest. Ooh! Yeah, this seems like people who go out and murder the Pantheon. This is like, I think, right? Like, Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. So God Slayers, and then there there must be sort of the desire of like, golly, I wish things would be better around here. Um, <laughs> what are what we could do to make things better? And then someone shows up and is like, maybe we don't stab uh, Zeus anymore. <laughs> well, that doesn't make any sense. 
<laughs> Wait we a second. We should we should take every opportunity to stab Zeus, to be honest. <laughs> and the way that they want to get away from their discontent and, and make a better society is wealth taken by fear and force or gold-hearted thief or justice. I like that actually. Yeah. The method being gold-hearted thief. Sasha, it sounds like this this might maybe I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like uh-huh. call it yeah, but it might be an optimistic game. Like this might I, actually I would like that to be true. That would be neat, right? How many like how many games have you played that were happy by the end? <laughs> a, a couple? A couple. Okay. okay. Oh good. Okay. More than one, let's say. Oh great. Um <laughs> So, so we, we, should, should, I... we should decide where this is. Is this like a, a troop that moves from place to place? Is this like a secured place in particular? Or my, my question is like, is it a roving band of, of God Slayers? Or is this like the camp at the bottom of Mount Olympus or whatever? I'm thinking slightly weirder. Into that. I'm thinking that it's like the last city or something. Not, oh, that's Destiny, isn't it? But oh well. Um, <laughs> and this is like a, you know, this is the bastion of humanity i guess i guess i I like the idea of it being like this is the community like this is our society right now Mm -hmm. and i feel like there must be a really good reason for killing gods that must have saved us at some point or that must have been a good thing at some point Mm -hmm. and maybe the actual act of killing gods is not the bad thing and it's maybe it's more of the fallout from that that's Mm -hmm. that's bad Ooh. Yeah, because the boon being like teased on, on tradition, this has probably been something that we've been doing for a while, right? And I really am interested in the literal, like, physical fallout of what killing a god <laughs> means. Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. How often do you think it happens? Mm-hmm. Is it like an annual god-killing event, or is it... Uh, I really want to draw for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the card I drew was Mother of Monsters. Uh, I think... Wow. Oh, gosh. These are these are new gods that we're killing. Yeah, because yeah, so because they keep being reborn. There's yeah. like the that sort of so we've killed Zeus and then that power still has to go somewhere and it's recycled and it manifests in a new. What oh what if people in the city turn into gods or people outside if you're not in the city mm. maybe you become like a chosen avatar. I, regardless, I like that it's these are new gods that are like trying to come back. Mm-hmm. But every time they do, we're like, it's like a god whack-a-mole. <laughs> exactly. Precisely. I'm into that. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take these cards. Okay. Uh, now, uh, you'll deal your character. Okay. Just the same spread. So. God, that's a strong opener. <laughs> okay. Who are we? The sea. Not a drop to drink. An unfathomable distance. An abyss that light has never touched. Wow. That is a strong opener. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, okay. So often in Western mythology, it's very binary. There's the good stuff. There's light and there's darkness, basically. Mm-hmm. We've definitely spent a lot of time killing the gods. And like, where am I going with this? So, okay. So one thing I know just, just from looking at that center is it makes me think this is an entity or a person like from the darkness. Like, from the opposite of what the gods are. Mm. And I I think that our society hasn't had to contend with that, like, at all, mm-hmm. really. Almost like maybe it's been imbalanced for so long. Like, it's we've had this existence of, like, all-encompassing light of gods. They have been in such power. 
Mm-hmm. And now that it's starting to swing the other way so dramatically, now something on the other side is waking up. Hmm. And maybe it's me. And, okay, second son, interesting. Okay, this is working out really well. Uh, second son is stricken from history, unseen in mirrors, unreflected in lakes. I mean, this is great. Boy, these are all very interesting. Okay. <laughs> so Bane is Poppy Flute. Just take command of your audience through sweet words and trickery. It's also a few discordant notes sour the ear to the symphony. I actually like take command of your audience through sweet words and trickery. It's almost like this person is able to very easily manipulate people or use their power in a certain way, and that is bad for them. That is not a thing that they want. Yeah, it, I mean, it at least works towards their downfall, mm. uh, as the Bane is wont to do. The boon is Grandmother's Ring, which is, uh, that's one I haven't seen before. An old grudge, a tepid peace. Uh, that, that's interesting. Or a new partnership, a steady alliance. That fits really well, Hmm. because thinking about the world that we rolled up, there was the the curious outsider, you know, what was the... Yeah, a curious outsider, a wonder kind, the godless. Yeah, I'm wondering if that is this person. Hmm. So their desire is siren, a strangled scream, a klaxon wailing in the fog, a message scrawled in blood. Okay. (laughs) A warning unheeded. Jagged stones mistaken for safe harbor. We that we want we want that. That's what we want. <laughs> oh boy, okay. Look, it's like a very clear warning, right? And maybe that's for you, maybe that's for the people around you, or it seems more like a result. Hmm. You know? It seems more like I want this aftermath. Not I think the thing I like most out of this is a message scrawled in blood. Hmm. My klaxon wailing in the fog is very evocative. That's one of the... Good job. Good job on that one. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, let's hop down to method <sighs> figures. Okay, that's that's sheriff, which is enforcer, honor guard, the steel grip of martial law, or peacekeeper, vigilante, justice, law in the hand of the common folk. I like the last part of that, law in the hand of the common folk. Hmm. So here I am. I'm coming to this city that is apparently... It's very misguided. Mm-hmm. They aren't even happy. And something I'm doing, something I'm handing them, is going to bring stability. Okay. Okay, I have kind of a picture of this person. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like anything else to add or anything that strikes you at all? Being someone, uh, especially the part you called out, law in the hand of the common folk, mm-hmm. using that as the way that you get your desire and just the fact that you have a way with words and a way with people that works against you in a substantial way, which is really interesting. Yeah, because I think this person wants the just abolition of this city. Mm. But the fine line we're walking is that if I have some kind of magic or power or whatever that people haven't seen before, and if I am good at speaking to them, then what if they end up liking me too much what if this plays into exactly what i don't want it to be can't fully articulate it yet but i can see the really interesting conflict with this with this person yeah i think as speaking as kind of the world i think that godhood is a socialist construct okay 
Like, because lots of things are powerful, right? Uh, mm. But the difference between that and a god is the god has followers. The god has prayers and worship. The god has, has things that believe in it, specifically. Oh. And so the danger of having people who listen to you is that you have people you have a following. Yeah. Which is a dangerous thing to have in a city of god killers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like the French Revolution, and I'm leading the masses, and they're like, be our king! And I'm like, oh, whoa, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hang on now. Y'all are a little too guillotine happy here. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like that a lot. We should read your fates. Yes, let us read the fates. So? Yeah, oh. princess. <laughs> this is how you begin. Sheltered and fearful, seen and never heard, expected to suffer lightly. Hmm. Uh, and or... I, I do encourage you to flip the cards whenever you feel like it, because roll 20, I, you can't shuffle it vertically, so it's already biased towards the print file, which is... Oh, okay. Yeah. Master of Statecraft, beloved and admired. Nah. Yeah, I like sheltered and fearful, seen and never heard. Hmm. So I wonder if I'm already in the city. Hmm. Oh, um, I'm one of the people that are out of the city. I don't know what that looks like if there's little communities, but I'm I'm like an incidental being. Um, I don't know if this person is human or not, honestly. I don't know exactly what this is at all. I mean, we can find out. <laughs> okay. Jesus, how you are. Ah. <gasps> that's cool. It's a unicorn! <laughs> oh my god, that's so great. Unicorn, rare and wondrous. Skittish frame stilled with a calm touch. I want to be a un- I want to literally be a unicorn, but I also don't. I also don't want to literally be a unicorn. Hmm. Do you want to be be able to be a unicorn though? Oh no. <laughs> but am I like a dark unicorn cuz I'm like from the darkness? Or I'm just a fucking unicorn. <laughs> And all that stuff about darkness, I mean, we could just kind of toss aside. One of my favorite books ever is The Last Unicorn, and, like, this is so good. <laughs> I need to read that at some point. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, this is perfect. Oh, my God. I'm the, Yes. I'm the motherfucking last unicorn. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. Are you satisfied with that? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm just trying to get to roll, roll 20. It just doesn't like being opened ever yeah i'm looking forward to at some point having like a proprietary website that isn't roll 20 to do this on yeah yeah roll 20 is great but it it just has too many hats is the Mm -hmm. thing and it's not so good at at any one thing necessarily if you ask too much of it yeah it's sufficient for this but handling cards in roll 20 is not fun at all yeah yeah and yeah i like um the other side of unicorns beautiful and territorial Corn dripping with poacher's blood. I'm not so sure how strong the territorial bit is necessarily, but I like... Well, that's just one of my favorite things about unicorns is that they are beautiful, but my favorite portrayals of them have, has always shown them to be um, almost alien and um, scary, mm-hmm. even. Yeah. Um, I, I, I dig that. Dangerous animals, for sure. Yeah. Atropos, how you will end. Survivor, huh? <laughs> I guess that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I really need to balance the tone of this deck a bunch. <laughs> Scar-crossed in body and mind, wounded and raw-hearted. Shipwrecked sailor, mountain roamer, shiv-maker, snake-eater. So a survivalist or a person who has made it out of something difficult. Yeah, we'll find out what that means then. Yeah. Let's take this over there in your atro slot. And then uh, I will take your desire with that in its slot over here. And then the rest of these go into your hand.
Okay, how do I do that in Roll20? Uh, you can click and drag to make a little marquee, and then select all the things, and then back click and hit take card. Oh, okay, yep. So there's the seven right there, and I click on it. And... Excellent, cool, okay. Yeah, and then Neat-o. you can click on each individual card, and it'll blow up all big for you. Excellent. It's very, very hard to read otherwise. <laughs> yeah. So this is your hand. Your hand is your character sheet. You'll draw into it to describe how you feel or change and play from it to describe what you do or say. Uh, my hand, as the GM, is my tool set. I'll draw two cards for every new non-player character, and I'll play from it to act on the world's behalf. Mm. Everyone can play your cards in any direction you like. Once you know who and where you are, we'll introduce the characters and the game's main mechanics. So first, draw a card to reflect how you feel about the world or how you've had to change to survive here. Alright, so that's what I drew. It is Misfortune. A prophecy, a shifted spotlight, a lucky win, a placed bet, a lapse in judgment, a false positive. Hmm. The easiest one to fit is the prophecy, shifted spotlight, lucky win. Mm -hmm. Because that sounds like, you know, the hunters or whatever... Um, have returned from another successful slaying. And maybe... Um, now, now wait. This is supposed to be where I'm coming from, though, right? Mm-hmm. There's, okay, there's also an element of, like... The, so the hunters have gone out. I crossed paths with them. And what might have happened that would... It's like broad strokes. Like, they, they come out to kill a god. They find me. I, like, rescue them or whatever, mm-hmm. and then the god that they were after, like, tripped and fell and died. And they're like, <laughs> oh, oh, great, okay. Yeah, I do think that you were instrumental in bringing down this god. Interesting. Which is good, because I don't necessarily want to have done that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's a killer opening, though. Because, um, <laughs> like, so I'm, I'm imagining, like, just a really, like, really dramatic, rainy lightning, uh, lighting, and, and everyone's running, and... How do you think, how do you think gods manifest here? Is this a very traditional uh, mythological portrayal of gods? I have some ideas, but I kind of want to draw for it. Yeah. Let's see. Hmm. That's fitting. So I drew Charitier, ace pilot, tamer of beasts, or a hot-headed and flighty, a braggart, and a gambler. I think it is kind of Greco-Roman okay. in that they're very fickle and very human in how they act. I think this has been a revolt of kinds. Like, the gods revolting against humans? Um, I have this picture in my mind of the gods being sort of these living statues, these automatons designed to impose order. Hmm. I think that's the part of the charioteer that I want to lean on, is these are, like, when you enter into a town that has a god in it, you can tell, right? You can see it in the people's faces, and it's like the god has superimposed their face on their people's. Wow physically how how would it because you say that and then i i also imagine like in the distance on the other side of the rooftops is like the very tall form of a of one of these gods just standing like a sentinel yeah okay so that opener being this god for whatever reason i think is just destroying everything Mm -hmm. and i think that i am caught up in that and so are these hunters i'm gonna draw for the god specifically Okay. Ooh, okay. Cool. Um, what we got? So I pulled Tapestry Loom, the common thread in a complicated plan, or a factory line, a cathedral in progress, the masterpiece of a generation. I like that in conjunction with the charioteer, specifically the Tamer of Beasts. I kind of want this to be this god who has been building this monument for thousands of years, and it is still not done. 
but it's this horrible, like, labyrinth kind of dungeon run kind of a place. Whoa. And people just kind of disappear into it and spend the rest of their lives working on it. And I think that you showing up broke that thrall for just long enough for people to come back to themselves. Wow. And so that's how they managed to throw a, a wrench into the gears and bring it to a halt long enough to get people out and to find the god themselves and bring it down. So I think that that wow. makes you, like, you are uh, a kind of beacon in a very literal sense in that your presence made the god falter for just a second, but that was a very powerful thing. Um, and also, in a symbolic way, proof that there are other things out here that can counter gods. That it's not just, you know, the steel of your sword and the sweat of your brow, but there are things out here that gods are afraid of. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there's that always shows up in mythologies where there's gods and they're like really powerful. Mm -hmm. And then there's also like titans or, or whatever that even gods are like, Ugh. Frost giants, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of an opener. Then, engage the world by playing a card on a relevant aspect of the board to describe how you enter the story. All right. And there's a whole section for card placement, but I feel like you understand that pretty well, so... Yeah, I think I have a decent understanding. You know, the scenario as you describe it, it almost makes it sound like that's the literal beginning of the... You know, I was originally imagining the last city, or this city, had existed for a while. Mm -hmm. But the way that we've opened this, it actually makes it seem like, no, it's starting now. Hmm. My showing up has kind of pushed the first domino into people being like, okay, now we have to liberate everybody from the gods. Ooh, that's cool. So I'm going to play... Second sun, and I'm going to make the deck go away. Okay, yeah, there it goes. <laughs> um, the part I like on second sun is stricken from history, unseen in mirrors, unreflected in lakes. And what that makes me think is that this has happened, and it's happened because of me, and, you know, this sort of aftermath of this now ruined labyrinth and a, a titanic automaton. Are you imagining the gods being, like, really big or just... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're okay. big, big boys for sure. <laughs> we got a big boy on the ground laying down <laughs> just having a, a lay down just having a nap just, <laughs> just just he's all tuckered out from all the getting killed yeah <laughs> uh, and so i like the idea of scary opener scene and then we go to this aftermath scene with people sort of rebuilding and sort of shots of people moving into forests I feel like it's just constantly raining. Mm. Everything I'm imagining is that it's raining. Um, very cloudy. And um, ooh, these are some good unicorn names. I was going <laughs> to... I need to come up with a unicorn name. Hmm. Okay, hold on. Ooh, Solstice is a very good name. That's a, yes, that's a very solid unicorn name. Okay. <clears throat> and we see Solstice in as a, as a unicorn observing these people, you know, occasionally. Mm. Even, like, in the ruins, she's kind of, like, off and to the side. Like, you might not even spot her. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's, like, a the purest white or anything like that. So she's kind of becoming a part of this society, but I don't think she's allowing herself to be seen. Mm. So I think, does that sound like it might go there between Method and Bane? Does that sound... Hmm. Or do you like to fill the actual, like, Bane, Method, Boone spots? I mean, I do when it feels obvious, but I like mm. the spots between the, the aspects for things that don't fit so neatly. Yeah. These two actions are the core of the game. On your turn, you can reflect. You draw a card from the deck into your hand. You read the card aloud to the table and use it to describe how the scene makes you feel or change. When the player reflects, the GM gets to make a move. Or engage. To make something a canon part of the story, you play a card on the board and describe how you act, what you say, or what details you add to the scene. 
And then there's the secret third thing you can do at any time, and that's ask a question. Asking a question is a free action. You can ask anyone at any time about anything. You don't have to play a card to answer, but if no one knows, you can draw for it from the deck, which we've done a couple of times now, which is good. We have. So you are you are sort of watching this group from the shadows. Yeah. I'm just figuring out what I want to do. Yeah. Because as the GM, what I do is I trigger these events based on your actions. I have an idea, but I definitely would prefer to see what, what you have first. I think I want to do a vision. I think I just want to like describe what you see of these people. Okay. So I'm going to grab these and flip them. Hmm. Well. So I will, I will cross one over the other and then use them mm -hmm. to describe the scene. Uh, I have volcano, thunder and fire, a column of ash, lava black and crackling red, or a dormant goddess, a cooling island, lush with sprouts, a season of peace. I like the dormant goddess one. Because of what we're doing. Yeah. And I like... Actually, I like this. This is good. So they find they find a place to land. And it is on... I think there's a lot of going from place to place and spending a lot of time on the road and uh, hiding in ruins and things like that. And I think they come across this old mountain. And it's the domain of a goddess who has been uh, asleep for as long as anyone here has been alive. It's... I really like a new scar. I think that mm. it's sort of a, a physical thing on the goddess's body that has shown up, I, and, I, and I think it's a direct result of killing the labyrinth god. Mm. I picture this as like maybe maybe the mountain itself actually is her, and it's like her flowing robes. There is this smoldering section of the mountain that once had sort of the portrait, the effigy of the labyrinth god. Oh. And I think that they settle at the base of this mountain and are discussing among them what they should do next. I think that's also like a secret uncovered that the gods are directly linked to this to this mountain, to this goddess. I would like to ask a question. Okay. What is the mood in this conversation that the people are having? Is it, um, are they like, we gotta go up there and kill that thing? Or yeah. are they just like, I'm not really sure what we should do? Is it just uh, general, are they lost or... Um, ooh, okay, cool. <laughs> I pulled uh, Keepers, Wandering Monks Recite Truths That Wound and Knowledge That Corrupts, hmm. or Archivists Quietly Collecting Gestures, Stealing Turns of Phrase. I think the mood is optimistic here. I think that they pulled a lot of, like, knowledge from the God of the Labyrinth, pulling from the, the Archivists part, and so when they when they come to the base of this mountain, they, like, immediately start building, and uh, in very short order, they have a town running. And within, like, a couple of weeks, they have a wall. And things that read when a god is near, and, like, specifically what kind of god. They're figuring out how to interface with the Sleeping Mountain. It's sort of galvanized here that, one, it is possible to kill a god. Two, we have a clear roadmap to where they are and who they are and how we can bring them down. This is a worthwhile and possible endeavor that we can do. So I'm going to put that in Boone. Okay, so it's optimistic and like, yeah, we could, we could kill some gods and it'd be good for everybody. Yeah. Okay, well. Like, just looking at the mountain and the way that the gods are depicted here, like, the Labyrinth God was not even close to the worst. Like, that wasn't Ares, that was just a Hephaestus, right? Like. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Mountain Goddess, she's, she's something maybe a little more powerful? It seems like that. I think that people are worried about it, but... It's also kind of a keeping tabs on it and building up the resources for when she wakes up or if she wakes up. Mm -hmm. Once we've cleared out the other gods, then she'll be at her weakest and we can strike the final blow there and then ah. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, so she had Labyrinth God. Mm -hmm. And so she's sort of garbed in the Pantheon in some way. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, geez. Okay. So they're like, look at all the 150 Pokemon they can go (laughs) kill. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go with my gut here and what I, I definitely think Solstice wants to do. So I'm going to play Misfortune. A placed bet, a lapse in judgment, a false positive. Not quite sure why I'm playing that yet, but just to talk through it. I think after a few days, well, shoot, I mean, they've been building this thing up. They have, like, a nice settlement now. Mm-hmm. However long it's been, I'm going to go up the mountain, and I'm going to warn the mountain goddess. And oh. I'm going to ask if, to put an image to the words, Solstice travels up the mountain for some way and reaches a point where she seems uh, sort of satisfied with her progress. And uh, she walks out. I think she's in her human form. Hmm. And she stands on like this sort of overlook and she turns away from the view and looks up at the peak of the mountain. And just in no uncertain terms, she's like, they're going to kill you Hmm. and they're going to kill all of your children. Are you really going to let them do this? And I think the reason this is a lapse in judgment is because like, I'm still pretty sure that, like, I am a frost giant. Mm. And, like, this mountain goddess, maybe there's some ele- element of it being like, why shouldn't I just swat you like a fly? Why are you, why are you talking to me right now? <laughs> so is this a, a conversation you're having? Yeah. I'm just curious as to the, the intentions of it. Because it could be a conversation. It could be an ultimatum. It could be you coming up and, and saying, if, you know, if you don't do something now, this is what's going to happen. It could also be, like, an invitation or a challenge. <laughs> Uh, I notice you're using certain words I am. Uh, in your suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to decide which event it is triggering. She is, yeah, she's saying either I think if the goddess doesn't respond or if she's like to the effect of like, why do you care? Solstice is like, because I saw what happened when the, when the labyrinth god died and I know what's going to happen when the sky god dies. Hmm. What about the rain god or, you know, whatever, the, the insect god? There are other gods that are gods of things that are not just meant to take up people's time. It's definitely, like, from an angle of, I like to exist. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I do think this is straddle between conversation and ultimatum, so I'll pick those. And then I should place misfortune somewhere, yeah? Yeah. I think, if you agree, mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm going to place it up here between boon and desire. Hmm. Because I'm going between the new ideology of the city and... What we know that the city wants is to be happy and prosperous. Mm-hmm. Um, that's me interfacing with that. Because I also want to be happy and prosperous. <laughs> cool. Uh, so the two cards are uh, Holy Structures and Tin Penny. Uh-oh. For Holy Structures, it's law is esoteric as they are absolute, or warnings wrapped in fable, lessons learned in parable, history cloaked in folklore. Hmm. Tin Penny is a small and clearly counterfeit coin, a foolish fondness cheaply gained. Or a sacred tenant ridiculed, a grim bond forged without kindness or warmth. Wow. Okay. I like these both very much. They're very good. Um, I think I want Holy Strictures to be crossing, because I think what you learn here is, uh, I think that the mountain speaks in writing. I think it literally inscribes writing on the wall to talk to you. Except that it's speaking through myth. Like, it's using the sacred stories of its children. Like, I think it shows a picture of when the first gods sprang forth from the volcano and moved across the land and the monsters that they killed on their way to sort of tame this country. 
And I think that's the sacred tenant ridiculed as kind of warping these stories. And it's very jarring to look at because the creatures that, that like, monsters in, in these stories are, like, your kin. Yeah. And so it's it feels jarring to see them at the end of the spear and them being used as clear allegory for these are the dark things in the world. Yeah. And... I'm not sure exactly what she's saying. Um, I'm going to draw for that in a second, or maybe I'll play it for my hand. I know a, a visual element I like here. First of all, it's sort of the darkening look in Solstice's eyes as she watches this, mm-hmm. but also like the portrayal of the unicorns in this myth. I think where Solstice, so far we've seen her, she's almost sort of um, like a deer, mm-hmm. very um, light and elegant. But the unicorns here look like dire wolves. Mm. Their fur is like, you know, sticking up and they have like big snarling carnivorous teeth, which makes me think maybe unicorns can kind of shift their form a little bit. Mm. But yeah. That's rad. I've been, I've been kind of picturing Solstice as, at least when she's in, in her unicorn form, sort of a, a luminescent jet black. Oh, that's cool. With a ebony horn, but like shimmers, blues and purples and pinks and stuff. Oh, like rainbow iridescence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've been picturing her. Um, where do I want to put this? I want to put this sort of opposite. Mm. Yeah. I think I think this is through her like method of speaking. It's becoming clear. I think the way that she refers to the people down below, the lens of her bias is so stark here. Is she comparing the people with my kin? Kind of. It's also not a very favorable light. <laughs> okay. Um... A lot of the parables show the glorious and righteous sacrifice of many, many people, and the service of, for instance, all of the people in the service of the labyrinth god are portrayed in as like uh, happy workers, right? Like, um, <laughs> whereas you you know from firsthand experience that 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 was absolutely not the case. Yeah, it's just um, straight up like capitalist propaganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, oh my gosh, this is propaganda from stem to stern, 100%. Yeah. I think that the the things that she is saying are that she, for one thing, is is mourning the death of Labyrinth God, right? Because uh, that was one of her children. But also believes that these people can be taken under the reins again, and that this is no different from any other, like, apostates. We can regain control and regain the faithful among these people. I think Solstice watches the whole thing at least until it descends into (laughs) self-aggrandizing um Mm -hmm. i think she turns away and and looks down at the settlement and she says you're making the mistake that all of the elder beings make you think that there's only one story and then it's just going to repeat itself over and over there aren't any stories of people killing gods mountainous she shakes her head There's a reason I've lived as long as I have. It's because when something new and different arrives, I watch and I listen. You're a mountain. You should know something about that. I, uh, I feel like the mountain is just maybe not even listening. (laughs) Um, it's almost like, uh, Solstice is talking to a a TV that's on at like full blast or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Like while she's talking, the the inscriptions continue to form. Yeah. Yeah. I'm literally imagining like the like the Russian national anthem is playing. <laughs> There's like happy workers and like I mean, I'm actually it feels it feels like the mountain is playing the song that reminds her of the labyrinth mm, god. Yeah. Um because she's so she's really stricken by this. 
And her, her attitude's very nice and benevolent. Like, these people have done a horrible thing, but I can bring them back. Yeah, I think um, that the the thing that she is trying to say is that, like, this does not have to be the end of our coexistence. And that, mm-hmm. like, we can find a way to live with each other, but the way that she's saying it is, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think Solstice, uh, after a while, just says, well, thank you for not smiting me. <laughs> and then just, like, you know, picks her way back down the mountain. <laughs> um, I'm going to definitely draw a reflection now. Cool. I wonder if my... Hmm. Oh, yeah, I draw a card, don't I? Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. Okay. Wildfire is air scarlet with smoke, rivers molten and glowing. Is the bottom title actually different? Yes. Oh, interesting. My roll 20 froze because I zoomed in. Apparently that's the, the <laughs> thing it can't do. Oh, great. Um, can you read the bottom thing for me? Yeah, uh, Overgrowth, a greedy and jealous invader. Okay. Hmm. It's so interesting because um, what we conceived of when we were generating the world is, is I feel like it's different now that we're actually in the story because I don't know who Solstice sympathizes with right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I can offer a visual to go along with your reflection in that another god, uh, another effigy catches fire, like while you're coming down the mountain. Oh. Is it connected to the people of the labyrinth? Like, did they send out hunters? Or is this, like, a different settlement? Um, that's really good. Um, oh gosh, I don't know which one of these I want to use. So, uh, I pulled Magic Beans, A Misdirection, A Dream Sold, Gutting the Golden Goose. Wow. Or, uh, Within a Seed Waits a Mighty Beanstalk, A Precious Jewel, A Strange-Headed Child. I think this is kind of both. So I think what happens, and I want you to tell me how you find this out. Um, but they kill sort of an analog to Demeter, this god of the harvest. And I I think that's the, the getting the golden goose is that, um... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think from the harvest goddess's corpse springs this thing, and I'm not sure which of these I want, actually, whether it's a a mighty beanstalk, a precious jewel, or a strange-handed child, but something, something comes into the world as a result with this, I think, between method and moon. Because it's it's sort of them figuring out, not just, you know, the first one was a fluke, this time we did this on purpose, and it worked. So, I'll defer to you on, I want to know how you find this out, and also, I'll defer to you as to what miracle happens as, as a result. Um, okay. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> so I see the effigy burning on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Does the miracle also occur there? Hmm. Uh, at the effigy, or is it... I th- hmm, it, it could be something, I, th- I think it's something that they cart back into town. Okay. So it's possible that you just see it in the distance. Yeah, I I can't pull away from this, unfortunately. I just keep thinking, like, if you've killed the, the labyrinth god, mm-hmm. and now you have all of this knowledge of building structures, all of these resources and things, and you kill the harvest god, I mean, you control <laughs> the growth. Mm-hmm. Especially if we extrapolate harvest out at all. Oh gosh, maybe it's maybe it's a cutting then. Maybe it's like a piece of the god that they're like hauling back on the back of a wagon, and it's a, a mighty beanstalk, and it's like curling out in the way that a, a vine does, and it's like reaching for things to grow onto. <laughs> and they're having to like cut it back constantly. Yeah, or like move it aside and attach it to spokes and things. Yeah. Yeah, I think I feel like it's uh the god's hair. Oh um, yes. Just like very curly. Solstice sees that and then she has 
not like a, uh, it's not like she thinks super fondly of the gods, but she can think of having seen this god sort of look at her from over his shoulder and yeah, just the hair and she sees that and it's just like, ah, they're gathering power. Yeah. Now, now we said it was going to be optimistic. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know what I want to do. Um, so the people of this town, the god killers are throwing a celebration. They're having a feast. They're like high off of this victory and they invite you to it. It's an invitation. Oh, it's a buck wild combination for that. Okay. So the cards that I pulled for it are chasm, a dry well, an empty canteen, a winding corridor, or a long drop, a yawning canyon, a sinkhole, and the star. The hero, the rock star, aspiring to legend, or the narcissist, grasping for fame, desperate to be seen by power. I think it's definitely aspiring to legend here. I think they're having it in... The the visual that I, I kind of want here is the hollow of a ribcage, I think is the place that they're having the celebration. Whose ribcage? Uh, Just some ancient creature? It could, I'm going I'm to draw for it, because I have a bunch of ideas, but I don't know if they're good. Um, <laughs> God, da- God damn it. Oh, wow. of course, of fucking course it is. It's the god that they've just killed. Uh, they've stripped... It's. It, I think the cutting is one of many, many wagons of, of dragging uh, the, the body back to town. Because I think what happened when the god died was that it just flowered, right? It, yeah. it was this final flourish of life from the god's body. And so what they're doing is basically plucking the apples from the bones of the god. They're literally carving the food of the feast from the walls. I think it's it's grotesque, but it's also very beautiful because that's that's what this god was meant to do is bring the harvest and and feed the people. Yeah, put that in method. Why not? Um, there's a toast that goes up to the unicorn who broke the spell, who set them free. There's there's like a collective shout of I don't I don't think they know your name necessarily because I'm not well I'll I'll ask you at, uh, to confirm but I'm not sure that there are, are any stories about you before this one I think there is one story about Solstice mm-hmm. and it's not very well known and I don't know what it is but that's what I think but they probably don't know it mm-hmm. or if they do they don't know it's me yeah so uh, I definitely accept the invitation. And my response to being toasted is uh, I'm in human form and I know what card I'm playing. I don't know where it goes. <laughs> Start at the beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think she's like somehow on like a slightly raised platform and she's accepted someone handing her a drink, but she's not drinking it. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at the ribs and she says, I remember fighting Harvest. He killed 700 of our number. He killed my mother. He almost killed me. I hated Harvest, and I am so glad to see him gone. <laughs> Shout and like applause. And... Yeah, there's applause, and like her eyes like drag down from the ribs to the people in front of her, mm-hmm. and she throws down her glass, and it shatters on the ground. She says, "But you are all fools if you think that this is anything." resembling a victory. There are no stories about people killing gods, so do not step heavily on this ground. You are on a thin sheet of frozen water. Tread lightly. Dang, what are you playing? Uh, Wildfire. Ah. And that's what I got on my reflection Mm -hmm. from the the mountain goddess. Mm -hmm. 
because she just sees calamity, you know. Mm. And yeah, I was I was like, she is like she is happy to see this god dead, mm-hmm. but she also knows how powerful he is and was. And if I were writing this story, I would go back and edit in a line where she mentions that gods can die, but their energy does not leave. Mm. Their energy stays. So I'm going to play this. I'm looking at this center and desire space, but I don't know. Hmm. Or no, this is Bane. Yeah. This is obviously Bane. This is exactly the downfall. This is this destruction is to leads to bad, the bad the bad zone. <laughs> this leads to the no no section of the story. <laughs> to the icky place. <laughs> okay, so I have played that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I have a response. So okay. Um, I think that while you were um, congratulating them, they were kind of like, all eyes turned to a small group of maybe three or four people and like, people are shaking their, their shoulders and stuff. And these are clearly like the people who were instrumental. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of them responds, um, a young man who's like, this is new ground for sure, but the time is right. Clearly we were meant to take on this challenge. If we don't champion this, then who will? It's not what I meant to say when I started talking, but it's what I ended up saying, so that's fine. <laughs> that's where it ended up. <laughs> it's sort of like the the sense of, like, I didn't expect to ever see outside of those labyrinth walls in my life. My father didn't, my grandfather didn't, but here we are, and I have the strength not to just shake loose my bonds, but to destroy the bonds of my fellow man and to take the fight to the top. I did that, and you were instrumental in giving me the strength to do that. And sure, this is unprecedented, but that doesn't make it wrong. (laughs) Now, Solstice listens very intently, and she says, All parents who have seen their children grow have watched them take their first steps and their first falls, and then they have seen them grow into adults, and have seen their first steps and first falls manifest in many different ways. As a people, you are toddlers, and you are taking your first steps. A toddler is nothing but confident when she first walks. You're right to say that this isn't wrong. Could be right. But do not make the mistake of having hubris. That is definitely poppy flute, um, because... Getting a little preachy. <laughs> now I like I like the sour note, but I think that that's giving her a little too much credit. I think this is honestly um, take command of your audience through uh, sweet words and trickery. The parent metaphor that always works, um, and she knows it. I like I think she's making a decent point here, but she is being uh, actively manipulative. Mm. So um, I'm going to put that man that left side of the board's getting pretty heavy, huh? <laughs> For the listeners, that's all the Bane side. There's five cards on that side, like just <laughs> stuffed together. So I think I'm going to put a second one there, mm-hmm. I think. Or, well, yeah, I mean, I wonder if this is not a good between for Method and Bane. Hmm. Not in that it's like accomplishing the Bane, but I think it's bringing light to the Bane and the Method. Hmm. You know, if you're learning to walk it's, or learning to... um balance a checkbook there's you know right and wrong ways to do things and it's i think solstice is pointing to being self-aware mm-hmm. i think i will put it there if that looks okay should i like cross it on the other one or like on second son or i feel all right with that i think cool. the kind of like leaning towards method is 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 a good way to go um okay 
I think the sort of host of this party, feeling the heavy silence that follows uh, what you say, I think like claps you on the shoulder and speaks sort of to you and also to the crowd and says, well, it's good that we have our light here to learn from. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put into actual words the beats that I'm trying to do. Um, yeah, no, that's good because I can imagine Solstice's face like going from being angry to being like stricken, like, huh? <laughs> I'm what, what is it that they call you? Uh, I'm thinking something synonymous with like outsider or like like celestial or. Um... I think they call you the witching hour. They call me the witching hour mm-hmm. because you are the you, you were the dark just before the dawn. Hmm. <sighs> yeah. Um. They say like we are fumbling here. We got lucky the first time and we lost some good people the second time, but we are eager to learn. And your guidance has led us to the dawn before. And we will follow you to the dawn again. <sighs> okay. Think I'm gonna draw for reflection there. Mm. What do you think, Solstice? That gives me a chance to make a move. <laughs> uh, I have drawn Leviathan. Oh boy. <laughs> Leviathan is the void given teeth and limb, servants to nothing, or a mindless hunger, a tireless machine, crude oil burning in seawater. Wow. Um, I have a move I'd like to make, but... Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. At the host saying these words, the hall bursts into um, into reverie again, and the night continues from there, and the day after, there is uh, a structure that goes up that clearly, like, the minute that this was proposed, people started talking, people started planning, and they have built, like, a, a training hall and have invited you... To come and see it. To come and use it. Like a... Like a school. Like Xavier's school for killing gods? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, boy. It also looks a lot like the labyrinth. <laughs> um, oh, God. But in, like, miniature, almost. It has a very beautiful exterior and winding halls. I, f- I feel like, in everything, echoes of the of the labyrinth gods still persist in what they're building. Yeah. And they, they have invited me to teach at this school, mm-hmm. or... Uh, okay. What's their plan if I don't? <laughs> do they have teachers? Is that nice night boy? Is he gonna... I think so. I think if you do show up, that you hear people already training. And maybe that that's the case, right? Like, you take... You don't show up bright and early in the morning like they expect, and there are, like, people who stand around and are waiting eagerly in that... Eagerness as as the morning persists sort of gets antsy, and to keep the mood light, I think the champion starts running basic drills, which is just like push-ups and running around the track and really basic feints and attacks with swords and spears and stuff. <laughs> oh man, okay. <laughs> so, I think Solstice will show up. Um, she's so mad. She's just so mad in her heart right now. Mm-hmm. She's looking at them training physically and is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, just images of God slaying, like, soldiers by the dozens, mm-hmm. you know, destroying mountains, calling down the heavens, even avatars of the gods doing amazing feats of physical fitness. And not to mention the fact that there's the logistic idea of if you kill a god, you are removing their pillar that they are using to hold up the firmament of the world. And mm-hmm. there's just so much, like, the thing is, she's not really, for all that she has lectured, she's not really a lecturer. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like that. She doesn't like being that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's mad. So <laughs> it feels kind of wasted, but 
I'm going to play uh, the Leviathan here, hmm. the void given teeth and limb, servants to nothing, because I feel like that is apparently uh, this version of Unicorn is uh, more of a chaotic being of destruction, hmm. or at, at least disorder and untethering. So uh, she appears in her human form, and <laughs> is she like a crystal gem? She just like manifests some sort of awesome black spear, and like the blade tip is like iridescent, and there's like all sorts of like swirly crystalline overly ornate designs all along the grip cool she just quietly like challenges the knight to a duel and i think she just soundly beats just spanks the poor guy <laughs> and is like okay uh how about five people does five people want to fight me now <laughs> and just like well there is a duel so we can play this out okay yeah should i place the leviathan now yeah you should figure out where that, where that goes you can just go on the scene card if you want. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Is the scene card the things that you're playing with now? Yeah, so like on Tapestry Loom, probably. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, gotcha. Ah, uh, it's very good! Okay, so uh, the cards that I've pulled are Pilgrim, a passing traveler, superstitious and weary with miles still to go, hmm. or uh, a wanderer bearing only a suitcase, a story, and a smile, and Bridge, a choke point, a shortcut, rope, and wood haphazardly lashed, or a connection, a thoroughfare, a mountain hollowed. Gosh, maybe I'll just do this as, as crossing because I like both of that image really, really like a lot. Um, yeah. I think that this duel is oops, handling cards and roll twenty is such a joy. Um, <laughs> I think this duel is happening on a narrow but long structure, sort of a, a literal bridge, but there's not a lot of room to move, like a, an elevated platform. It's maybe a couple feet across, and then um, lengthwise ten or fifteen feet. And I really like a mountain hollowed because, uh, and tell me if this is overstepping my bounds, but I feel like every time you make sort of a quote unquote killing blow, you're saying something about it, being like, um, leaving your, your guard open in this way, that's how the spider god will get you. Mm. The the mountain hollowed being like directly citing both the sculptures, uh, the effigies on the mountain and the mountain herself. The superstitious and weary with miles still to go, definitely being the folks here, but I mm. think that there is... Someone who peeks their head in from outside who is not from this town. Mm. Gotta wonder, people from other towns, how's their harvest doing? <laughs> I'm gonna draw up for... I should have drawn up for the knight. Oh, yeah. Because that's a new character, so I'll do that now. So, I pulled for the knight Tender of Blooms and Guillotine. Mm. Guillotine, rather. <laughs> um, yeah. I like... Oh, gosh. I th Okay, so I think that the knight is from the patronage of the har harvest god. Um, mm. I think he's also a newcomer in this town, but he was a gardener, and I think that in combat he uses like a sickle and scythe, kind of, like specifically farming tools. Um, huh. Wow. Wait a. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the um, harvest god was definitely like really <laughs> when he was dying, like uh, really. <laughs> and the guillotine is just a system dismantled, a ruling class deposed, uh, a worm rooted out. This is. Yeah. Like, very much the calling that he's taken to. Yeah, very um, fitting. So I'm going to take these. And then for the stranger who I will draw up for, even if we don't end up talking to them. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I hmm. I pulled... I'm looking for a new name for this card, so if you have any any cool ideas, let me know. <laughs> Hit me up. But I pulled Katobalpas, vitriol swallowed back by shame, a trap's jaws rusted shut, or uh, to drink from the same poison cup as your enemy. And William's Long, common bellows turned from furnace to songbook, or a river babbling in a familiar voice, muffled words without meaning. 
when you glance and you see this person out of the corner of your eye, you recognize that they are not human. Oh. But they are wearing a form the same way that you are. Interesting. Are they carrying themselves in a familiar way? Or is it something I've never seen before? I think it's familiar. Leaning on a river babbling in a familiar voice. It's maybe I'll, I'll lean on the river as well. Yeah. The way that they move reminds you of a river. that, Like a specific river that you have seen before. Gotcha. I think when they catch your gaze, it's by accident, and they sort of duck from behind the door away. Okay. I'm wondering if I should act again in the duel or not. I think that'd be cool. Okay. I like what you're talking about, how like as soon as I get to a, a killing blow on the night, I'm like, well, this is how this god would get you. And I think even like in pauses in combat, I'll step back and be like, very good. Notice the way your feet are sitting? The ice god would have taken advantage of that. You'd be dead. And just like at every turn, I'm just... You also mentioned a, a mountain tunneled, and that actually also makes me think of not a belief system, just like a confidence being interrogated and, and stripped away. <laughs> the thing is, though, that I feel like Solstice's domain... I don't know if she has any kind of ruling power in this domain, but uh, I think her domain is war. <laughs> and on some level, these little children playing at war... It's like they've discovered, like they have nothing, and then they discover that they can drop nukes. Mm -hmm. And they're being very unwise with it. And so, yeah, there's definitely like some tutelage happening. But now she is getting carried away uh, in the duel. And I think that she actually, if it sounds all right to you, I think she actually wounds the knight. I don't know how, it might just be like a graze, I don't know. And like gets to a point in the fight where she's not teaching him anymore. She's just... She's not going for killing blows, but she is just wearing him down. And then she does just invite more people into the conflict and just lays them out. Mm -hmm. And the card I'm playing is Unicorn, which is beautiful and territorial, horn dripping with poacher's blood. And this is, I like this scene to be kind of an elucidation of her nature where, like, she actually has some good qualities. She's maybe nice and there might be some compassion in there, but ultimately, like, left to her own devices... She is what she is, and um, she walks out of the academy, doesn't even say a word, just like beat everyone up and then just walks out. Mm -hmm. Whatever good she might have done may have just been undone. I like playing that unbridged because the mountain hollowed is absolutely mm. the result of that. Yeah. Do you have a thing or should I draw a uh, yeah, reflection? I, I, I have a thing. Um, so oh boy. I think that the knight tries to make light of it being like, that's always day one, right? It's always rough. <laughs> um, but is uh, nursing the... I feel like you, you probably got him in the arm, like in, in the upper mm. arm and the bicep. Um, and I think that the wound went deeper than he is comfortable with letting on. <laughs> oh boy. So he just has like a, a cloth pressed to it. And an insistent friend, I think, uh, a woman who was standing next to him in the feast hall, is like, hey, we should look at that. And, and he's like, tugs him away before he can... He seems like he's ramping up to say something else to the other students, but is pulled away. It's hard to, yeah, hard to listen to a teacher when he's just like bleeding out. Yeah. <laughs> a little distracting. Yeah. It's a lot of people like uh, licking their wounds, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> and it's a lot of people who don't show up the next day. Mm. Who are like, actually, I'm not cut out for this. Actually, this is very, very difficult. And maybe, maybe Solstice has a point. And I think amongst the people who do come back the next day, it's sort of a grim determination. It's settling into, all right, this is the task, this is the job. Yeah. They're true believers in their cause. 
Spindle Wheel Stories is an actual play podcast of Spindle Wheel, a tarot-like storytelling card game. I'm Sasha, your host and game designer. You can follow me on Twitter at Sasha underscore Renault. Joining me this episode was Mike. You can find him on Twitter at me and ampersand. Spindle Wheel is currently in open beta. You can check it out and print and play the whole thing at tinyurl.com slash spindlewheel dash open beta. You can also follow us on Twitter at tcabbage. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.